0: Here, the scripture today is from the book of Romans, the very last chapter. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my friend Epaphroditus, who was my first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They're outstanding among the apostles and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampelitus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been like a mother to me too. Greet Asencretus, Philegan, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermus, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss, and all the churches of Christ send greetings. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that was not very inspiring. Uh, That was not like a catchy parable or anything that we could apply. That was just a list. So, what's that got to do with with anything? Uh, As a matter of fact, most of us, I mean, truthfully, when we're reading the Bible, we get to those, we just skip that part and go on. Uh, Whenever I ask people to read Scripture in public, the first question they always ask is Are there any names? Uh, because nobody wants to read a list of names because it's just a list of names. But this morning, I want to tell you something I learned about lists of names from a great preacher named Fred Craddock. It may sound like just a list of names to us, but to Paul, every name on that list was a person that had been, um, you know, had interacted in Paul's life and had meant something special to Paul. And as they're writing this letter to the Romans or ending it up, Paul is thinking about these people and reliving the memories with them. And when he mentions their names, for Paul, there's all kinds of things involved. Now, let's let's take just a moment, look at some of the names on that list again. Uh, He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, where they were a husband and wife team who worked with Paul for over two years, they helped Paul start the church in Corinth. And they, they had all these things that they did together and worked hard together, and all these late nights they pulled off together. They risked their lives for Paul. And you don't forget a thing like that. Eponidas, he was the first convert in Asia. So imagine Paul just starting out his very first missionary journey, going to tell the Gentiles about Jesus. Didn't know if anybody would listen or not. And here's Eponidas, who gave his life to Christ. He was the first one. Paul would never forget him. Andronicus and Junias, Paul met them in prison. They were in prison because of their faith. Can you imagine the conversations they must have had? Talking about, Faith and God and life and suffering. Tryphena and Tryphosa. I don't know anything about them, but I I think they were twins, right? Tryphena and Tryphosa. They sat on the front row. Paul couldn't tell them apart, but they were there every Sunday. And then he says, Rufus and his mother, who Paul said was like a mother to him. Maybe Paul um, stayed at their house and he got up early one morning and uh, he said, I'm, you know, I'm on my way out. I got I to gotta go and do some things. And Rufus' mother said, Paul, sit down. I'm going to make you breakfast. And Paul said, well, I don't have time for breakfast because I, I got things to do. And Rufus' mother said, sit down. And, uh, you, you know, I'm going to make you breakfast. You can't go out saving the world on an empty stomach. And so Paul sat down. Yes, mother. So, to Paul, it wasn't just a list. It was more than a list. It's never just a list of names. In Washington, D.C., there is a wall. And on that wall are the names of every person who died in the Vietnam War. Somebody might look at that wall and say, well, that's just a list of names. But they'd be wrong. it's more than that it's much more than that and when you go there you'll see people uh, tracing the names with their finger you'll see people holding up little kids and pointing out names some people cry some people smile you see them leave flowers the last time I was there there were three men who were about the right age to have fought in Vietnam and they were um Uh, They were kind of positioning themselves in front of the wall for a picture and you could tell they were trying to get a name in there in the picture with them. You could only imagine it was probably a friend that didn't make it home. It's not just a list of names. It's never just a list of names. Now I brought a list of names this morning and they they might mean, mean much to you uh, because you don't know any of these people, but uh, most of you are aware that before uh, you know that I used to be a Baptist before I saw the light and became Methodist. <laughs> uh, but the very first church that I ever served was Long Ridge Baptist Church in Long Ridge, Kentucky. And those people there had the courage to call me as their pastor while I was a 24-year-old college uh, seminary student. And you remember, you know, Baptist pastors aren't sent. They're called, so they inflicted all this on themselves. (laughs) Let's share this list of names with you. Don Stewart. Now, he's the first name on the list. He owned the general store in Long Ridge, Kentucky. And uh, it's, as you might think, way out in the country and around the stove in that store, the big, Heater stove in the middle of the store, the old men sat and played checkers. It was the new center for the whole community. He was chairman of the deacons. He was head of the search committee. All all those things. And Don was, you know, he was kind of a main guy in the church. But I noticed that Don didn't hear very many of my sermons because he sang in the choir. The choir, uh, he was in the back row, and the choir was up against the wall, and so he would he would sit down and when it was time for the sermon, he would lean his head back against the wall and he would fall sound asleep every Sunday. He looked like a poster child for the scripture verse, God gives rest to his anointed. And so one day I was uh, sort of harassing him about it. I told him I noticed he'd kind of been falling asleep. And he said, listen, when I go to sleep, it means that I trust you not to say anything stupid. So uh, it's a compliment, he said. There was Faywood Wood Pryor. Fay Wood was an elderly lady who lived next door to the church, and she wrote a column for the local newspaper that came out once a, a week. And when news was slow, which it was most of the time, uh, she would sometimes fill up her space with the things she had heard at prayer meeting on Wednesday night. So if, if you went to prayer meeting on Wednesday night and you said, Please pray for me because the gout in my right foot is returning. You may read about that in the paper Monday morning. A.J. Houchins, A.J. stands for Andrew Jackson. And he had just retired when I moved there and he still lived on his farm but he had leased the land out to others to grow tobacco. He had a wry sense of humor. He was old enough to be my grandfather. And we became fast friends. And uh, our first winter in the Parsonage, first week of December, it snowed. And there was this white blanket covering everything. And, you know, I'm from the south. Cindy's from Florida. This was, this was, this was something for us. This was pretty cool. And uh, there was a knock at the door, and it was AJ. He said, you guys have a Christmas tree yet? And he said, no. And he smiled. He said, get in the truck. So we got in his truck and he drove us out to the back part of his farm and we got out and we cut down this Christmas tree in the snow, put it in the back of his truck and you know brought it home. And that is one of my hallmark memories, to get to cut down a Christmas tree in the snow. And I'll never forget that. And after I'd been there a few years, AJ unexpectedly died. He had a heart attack. And so I met with the family and we prayed and we... Planned the funeral service and did all those things you do, and then we did the funeral. AJ was the first funeral I ever officiated for somebody that I knew really well and loved. And so, when the funeral was over, I got in the car and I drove home, and I pulled up in the driveway, and I put my head down the steering wheel, and I cried. And I said, God, I don't think I can be a pastor because this is hard. I don't want to do this. And then there was Mike and Karen Clark who were about our age and they were wonderful friends to us. Uh, They made our lives so enjoyable and the time we got to spend with them. And unfortunately, Mike uh, went on to be with, with God this year. And be a part of those great cloud of witnesses way too soon. And there was Ricky Wilhoyt. Now, Ricky came to church once a month, like some of you. <laughs> and the reason was because to play on the church softball team, you had to come to church once a month, at least once a month during softball season. And so Ricky came once a month during softball season because he wanted to play on our team. We had a good team. And he came once a month during basketball season to play on the men's basketball team because this is Kentucky. And so we had a basketball team. And um, Ricky wasn't a Christian. He made no bones about it. He just wanted to play on the teams. And so he came to church as much as he had to and played on the teams. And he had a great sense of humor. Everybody loved him. He was well-known in the community. And uh, I don't know if you've ever played church league basketball, Um, but it gets a little chippy sometimes. Uh, you know, I used to play basketball uh, out on the city, in the city park with the heathens, and it was much more enjoyable than church league. Uh, because in church league basketball, you know, people, they start elbowing each other and start cussing back and forth a little bit. And uh, So when that would start happening, when the guys would start cussing a little bit going back down the court, Ricky would look over at me and he would say, Hey, preacher, we having some fellowship now. <laughs> Ah, and I remember the morning that I baptized Ricky. There was snow that day, too. The ground was covered. It was white. It was cold outside. Boy, inside it was warm. And I'll never forget the look on his face, the baptismal water running down his face. And I thought, God, I like being a pastor. This is fun. You can sign me up for another few years. I like this. There's a guy in the church named Mr. Dunlap. He was in his late 80s. And he had a walker and he kind of shuffled when he walked. And he came up to me one day and he said, well, preacher, I won't see you for a couple of weeks. I said, you going on vacation, Mr. Dunlap? He said, yeah, I am. I'm going to Florida. Got to go visit my mother. (laughs) I have no idea. She was over 100. I have no idea how old she was. Geneva Bishop, she was a grandmother of the matriarch of the Bishop family. There were several generations of them in our church. And when she heard that my mother had died, she came to the parsonage under the carport and knocked on the door. And I opened the door and she reached over and she hugged me and she didn't say a word. She just hugged me for probably 10 minutes. And then she let go. Turned around, went to her truck, never said a word. She'll never know how much that meant to me. She had a son named Junior, and he had one son and a family full of daughters. All of them were athletic. They had dark complexion, brown eyes, all very attractive young women. And whenever people in the county met Cindy for the first time, they always asked her, are you a bishop girl? One of those girls You see, to me, this is not just a list of names. These are people who touched my life. At an important time in my life, they were community to me, and they were family to me, they were church to me. Some of the good things I learned about being a Christian, I learned from them. They taught me. It's never just a list of names. Now, you know, in a few moments, we're gonna read a list of names of all the people from this church who have gone on to heaven this year. And somebody may say, what y'all do in church today? Somebody might say, oh, we just read a list of names. But that'd be wrong. Because every person on this list has touched at least one of us and our lives are better because we knew them. We are different people in our lives have been enriched because they passed our way. And so we come today to give thanks for that because our lives are richer because they touched them at some point. And we're better people because of that. You see, it's never just a list. And that list I read to you this morning from Romans, there's a theological term for lists like that in the Bible. There's, There's a name for people who worship together and who serve together and who care about one another and who are family to one another and who try to help each other become more like Jesus. The word for that in the Bible, it was called a church. <laughs> Still is. Still is a church. That's what we do. And when you read the, the names of people in the scriptures, you read the names Of the people we read this morning, we could read the names on the list of the membership of St. Paul United Methodist Church. And it's not just a list of names. It's never a list. It's never just a list. Amen.